Good morning. Last week we've been on a series on faith and walking it out. This is the third of four messages. And let's review just a little bit. First of all, we said that we needed to walk like Jesus. We needed to walk like Jesus. So therefore, we said, well, how really did Jesus walk? So we went to another place in the scripture, which was we started in Hebrews. We went to another place, which was in um, 1 John. And in 1 John, it told us that actually... If we say we'll abide in him, then we need to ourselves walk even as he walked. Walk in the same manner, it said, the same manner as he walked. Now, that really tells me that I have work to do because I'm supposed, I am supposed to, in everything I do, everything I say, I'm supposed to be imitating Jesus. And I said, okay, Father, that's, that's, that's good. Now, tell me one of the things that you want us to concentrate on. So we went to the Gospel of John, and in John 8, it told us that Jesus always did the things that pleased the Father. Always. I said, whoa. Okay, I'm supposed to always do then that which pleases the Father, always. Now, when we were in our text, which was Hebrews chapter 6, chapter 11, verse 6, it said that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So now, if it's impossible to please him without faith, if Jesus always pleased him, that means that Jesus walked in faith. And everything he did, everything he said. So we went to chapter 11, verse 2 of Hebrews, went to verse 4 and 5 and 6. And verse 4 talked about the faith of uh, Abel. In verse 5, it talked about the faith of Enoch. And so we learned last week that the author of Hebrews could say, by faith Abel or by faith Enoch, only because... They please God. It didn't say so in the Old Testament that they walk by faith. But because they please God, we know they did. That was last week. This week, we said we wanted to cover some areas uh, in the enduring um, word because I've, I kept telling you, Hebrews is here, chapter 11, because... Hebrews chapter 10, let's turn over to chapter 10 of Hebrews, told us that we needed to endure. We must endure. So if we're going to endure, let's start in verse 32, 10, Hebrews 10, 32. It says, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering." So that led up into chapter 11. And so we said that we know we should endure. We talked about enduring. But how do you endure? How do you do it? I need to know. 
because we are facing a lot of things these days. How do we endure? Now, this word, endure, is a similar word that I explained to you when we were talking on the the definition of faith or the uh, description of faith. You remember in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, you remember that? I said that, now, faith is a substance of those things hoped for. That word substance, the Greek word, you remember what it was? It started with, uh, okay, it's like hypostasis, remember? Hypostasis. We said that whenever you, you hear the word hupo in any Greek word, it means under. You remember that? Now, this word, endure, it starts off the same way. Hupo, but it's mino. Hupo mino. Now, hupo means what? Under. Now, mino means to remain. To remain. So it means to remain under. It means that we need to stay steadfast, fixed. And ba- another way to explain it is bearing up under our circumstances. That's what it means. Bearing up under our circumstances. So if we're going to hupomino, if we're going to endure, we need to stand fast. We need to be, be fixed. We don't need to give in. We don't need to give up. We don't need to succumb to our circumstances. We don't. That's a big issue in life. It's a big issue in life. Many people, um, uh, they, they, they commit suicide because things are not going the way they think they should go. They get depressed. They own antidepressants. They, because it's hard for them to endure their situation. All of us are going through something, I think. <laughs> All of us are going through something, I know. We are. So how do we endure it then? How do we endure it? That's the title of the message today. You know, how do we endure it? So let's go to the Word of God on it and see how do we endure it. The first, first way that we endure, let's uh, go over to, uh, let's try Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let's go there. It tells us the first, one of the first ways. Um, I'm not going to give you all seven probably today. But we will start on them. I might. I don't know. We'll start on them and see where, where we are. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, the King James process, weight, and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Now, one of the ways in which we can endure is that we need to imitate the faith of those who've gone before us. In, in, in other words, there are people 
that's gone before us, you might have to look in biographies, you, you look in the scriptures, and that's all Hebrews chapter 11. It tells about the hallmark of faith. The people who uh, lead you, everyone who's married, your, your husband should be um, setting before you examples of faith. Those who are single parents, you should be setting examples for your children of, of uh, faith, walking it out, you know, talking it. These things are very important. They help us. And I know that it, I'm always thinking about, I wonder who's going through what I'm going through. It actually encourages me when somebody tells me, oh, I've been through that. And I came, I came through it fine. That encourages me. So that's why it helps me uh, to be mentored. It helps me to be around other uh, men of God who lead in churches who tell me, I say, okay, this has happened. They say, well, ha, that's all? Oh, man, goodness gracious, you know? That happened to me back in, you know, the 70s, and this happened to me back in the 80s, and some, some young person, oh, man, it's going through this. I'm going through this now. And so this older person here said, well, hey, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I said, really? Yes, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I've been through that. Okay. Does it help you? When, when somebody's going through and come off and uh, came, come through the other side, does it help you to know that? Sure, sure. Anybody who's, who's trying to lose weight, you get excited over someone else who's lost weight. Is that correct? And, you, and the first thing you ask is, how did you do it? How did you do it? And they tell you how to do it, and you, can, you have many different examples. And so uh, that encourages you. Because they, they, they're right there where you, they've been there where you are, and they've, they have the T-shirt. They say, okay, I, I, I've been through this. I've been through this. That's encouraging. We need to imitate the faith of those who've gone before us and who are setting an example of faith walking. And remember, faith, I said, was trusting in God. It's not something way out there. It's trusting in God. God. That's one way of enduring. You endure by imitating the faith of those who are around you, who've been before you. And we went through that, of course, last week anyway. Um, Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, we went through that in Hebrews chapter 12. But we want to put it in the context of enduring because we can teach uh, exegetical, we can teach verse by verse. But topical helps also because it puts everything in a basket and you say, oh, this is how I endure. Another way that we endure is that we, we must know that our future is better than our present. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you don't know that your future is better then your present, you get depressed. Depressed. You want to give up because you'll say, "I'm going to be this way the rest of my life. It's never going to get any better. And then when I die, it's going to even be worse." You have to know that something is getting better. You have to know that. You have to know that. It helps you endure. Let's look at it in Scripture. 
Let's go to Second Corinthians. Let's, let's try there. Chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now we'll start in verse 8. And this is so good. This is so good. It's all over the scripture, but we just haven't put it together like this in, in a message. You have to endure. The scripture told us, told us in Hebrews chapter 10, we, must, we have need of endurance, it says. We have need of endurance. We have to endure. Well, how do you do it? Oh, my goodness. You must know that your future is better than your present. Verse 8. We are afflicted on every way, in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Anybody feel his pain? <laughs> This is the Apostle Paul talking now. And this is, this is hard stuff. And we can go to other places where he was stoned, drug outside the city, shipwrecked, I mean, hungry, pearls in the deep, pearls. Are, I mean, come on. He's, he's gone through some things, hasn't he? All, verse 10, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. How about, how about us? Are we? Verse 12, so death works in us, but life in you. Verse 13, but having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. This is taken from Psalm 116. David is talking about his affliction, what he's been going through. He's, he's acknowledged that I've been afflicted. He believed that. And he said, we also believe, therefore, we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Even though he's been through all this, he knows that his future is better than his present. He knows that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also. That's what he knows. Verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace which is spreading more and more. And salvation is spreading more and more to the world. All over the world is spreading. People may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. So he knows that he's getting older. He knows that he's not as young as he used to be. And one person told me, uh, we were talking about you need to maintain, it was a marriage counseling thing, we said you need to maintain uh, your attra attraction for each other. You need to cultivate that. Uh, you need to realize that the one you married is going to age, but you need to realize that they're still going to be attracted because attraction really is 
inside also out. You can be as nice looking as you want to outside, but that inside is messed up. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing. And the young lady told me, say, oh, somebody told me, and this is what I, 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 I told uh, my fiance, look at me when we get married. It's all down here from there. That's what he said. That's what she said. And if you think about it, really, think about it. Anybody who's, and we've been married uh, 41 years uh, on the end of this month. Uh, most, most of y'all been married a long time. Uh, you know, I don't care if it's six years. I don't care. Uh, just think of your wedding picture, Steve. Think of your wedding picture, you know. Uh, I'm just serious. Think about it. Think of your wedding picture. You don't look the same, do you? You don't look the same. But you still expect your mate to be in love with you, don't you, Jack? Yes, you expect that. He's, he still looks good, doesn't he, Jenny? Yes, he still looks good, see? Yeah, see? See? This outward man is decaying. Those of you who are getting married, uh, <laughs> that might not have been a good thing to say. <laughs> oh, well, boy. But I told somebody, my wife is looking better and better every year. I'm serious. I am serious. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. You, you, can, you can tell her that too, Sam. You can use that line. You can use that line, brother. <laughs> oh. Now, listen, we're going to go to um, verse 17. We're going to go to the King James to, to read this one. I like it in the King James. Rather than New American Standard, which I'm reading out of. Listen to what it says. For our light affliction. Do you believe this? This man, he, this man now, he's been through, it said over here, persecution. He's been through affliction. He, he's been through being struck down. You know, he's pearls in the city, pearls in the deep. He, all this stuff he's been through. He says, this light affliction. Can we say that? By whatever you are going through. What are you going through? What are you going through? Can you say, oh, this light affliction. Why can he say this light affliction? Which is but for a moment, it says. He must know that his future is better than his present. He must know it. If he says this light affliction. Just think about it now. If we, if we will live to 120 years of age, he still be saying the same thing. This, you know, light affliction is but for a moment because he's comparing it with the future. His future would say, you're going to live eternal. I mean, eternal life. You have eternal life. Is that correct? When does eternal life end? Never. Never. So that's why Jesus can say, well, you know, one day is like a thousand, a thousand days like, like one day. So you just think of it now. What does 120 years compare to forever? It doesn't. So whatever affliction you're going through is just for a moment. It's just for a moment. Okay? Just for a moment. He says, let's go back to, for our light affliction, 
worketh, see, because for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, we can take which is for a moment out right now. For our light affliction worketh for us. Oh, my goodness. Did you hear what it said? Our light affliction. Now, we know it's a heavy affliction if we're looking at it. It's working for him. Whatever you're going through is working for you. And I said, wow, do you really mean that, God? It's working for you. It's working for you. Working for you. Working for you. What is it working for me? A more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Oh, you mean when I get there, then there are going to be some glory. There are going to be some things that are going to come with my endurance. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He says, working for me, a more seeding, an eternal weight of glory. You're supposed to be saying, bring it on, because I need more weight of glory when I get there. We need more rewards. And you'll say, well, I don't need any rewards, uh, because all I need to do is just get to heaven. Well, why don't you say that about being birthed in this world? I don't, I, I don't need any money. I don't need anything. Just make me poor. Don't have anywhere to sleep. Don't have any, no food. Or no, I'm just happy to be born. Come on. Nobody says that. They're in the right mind. They don't say that. Okay? You won't say that either if God has given us rewards. And he, he, he's purposely given us things that, it, whether it be a crown of glory, wherever it is, how are you going to toss something down your crown before him? You don't have one. You don't even have one. So there are things that go with living in this life and doing what he asks us to do, which is enduring. There's things that go with that. So I want those things. I want those things because I want more to present back to him because it's all for his glory, isn't it? What are you going to present back to him if everything is burned up except we don't lose our, you know, our salvation. We just go, but nothing. Don't have anything to, to toss back before him. Oh, I want something. I want all he purposed for me. That's what I want. Listen to what he says. Okay, I know that I need to see this future better than my present. How do you do that then? How do you do that? This is what Paul said. While we look not at the things which are seen. Paul, you didn't look at all the persecution, the stoning you, all the, the stuff. You didn't look at those things. No, 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 no. I didn't look at those things. I, I, I was concentrating on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They are temporary. They are seasonal. 
They're going to expire. If you look up the Greek word, it's not going to last. It can't last. You say, well, it could last all my life. So what? You're going to get a new, new body anyway. And you're going to live eternally anyway. So it's still not going to last. We just are living in this tent, which is as we go down a little further. He says, that, let's, before I go there, let's, let's look what it says here. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So he's looking at the salvation of his, his soul. He's looking into his heavenly account. He's looking way out there when a lot of times what we're doing, we're looking at the immediate. That's what we're looking at. Woe is me. Woe is me. I can't make it. Lord, help me. And it's good to call for help. But you need to know already what the outcome is going to be. If you don't know what the outcome is going to be, you're not going to walk this walk in a way that's going to bring glory to God. Because people are supposed to look at our lives and say, wow, why are you so happy all the time? What's wrong with you smiling, Miss Hollow? You're 80 years old. What's wrong with you smiling, you know? <laughs> and we have a testimony, won't we? We have a testimony to tell them about, oh, let me tell you why I'm smiling. And then you tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ, and you, you tell them, the good news. You tell them the good news. They say, oh, I'm saved too, you know. I'm a Christian. Well, we need to walk as he walked in, don't we? Yeah, but how you do that now? You can, oh, my goodness gracious, you can go to your, go to your, your, your phone, you know, you pick up your phone. Let me, you did it. Back to the message, you know, I told her. You say, oh, let me, let me tell you what's up. Let me tell you. You go right through the scriptures with him. Oh, you got it. Listen to what it says here. Verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, that means this body, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Do we have a new body that's coming? Not made with hands. So he's looking into the future. It really doesn't matter what happens here. It really doesn't matter. In verse 7, it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. He was saying that because it, even as this tent, you know, expire, it really doesn't matter, doesn't matter because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So it really doesn't matter to me. Verse 9 says, therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, meaning in this body, or uh, we're at home with the Lord, it really doesn't matter. My ambition is to please him. That's what it says. That's what we have to know. So we, how do we endure? We endure, we just went over by seeing a future that's better than a present. By imitating those, the faith of those who've gone before us and around us, right? 
turn back to Hebrews chapter 12, and let's look at verse 2. We'll read verse 1, again, just to keep it in context. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, let us run with endurance the race set before us. Number three, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Oh, we got to fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, you, fixing your eyes on Jesus means to fix it in your mind. You got to think about it. You got to keep this thing in your mind about Jesus. He's the forerunner. He's the forerunner. He's the pioneer. He's already gone before us. We need to fix our eyes on him. How, how, did, how did he make it? You know, what, what did he do? What did he do to make this thing? Keep our eyes on him. Um, let's go to, hold your place right there. We're going to go to First Peter. Let's go there. Chapter 2. And um, let's look there just for a little bit. If I fix my eyes on Jesus, what am I, what, what my mind's going to be fixed on? What is it going to be fixed on? What did he do that's going to help me fix? What am I fixing my, what am I fixing, Jesus, what did he do? What, what's going to help me endure, in other words? First Peter chapter 2, verse 13, tells us, Submit yourselves. For the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether to the king as the one in authority or to governors sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do right, for such is the will of God. Then it goes on to tell us that he wants us to submit ourselves to even those who, uh, they treat us mean. They treat us unfairly. They do things that they shouldn't do. And we haven't done anything wrong. They just go off on us. They, they, they're just mean people. Sometimes, uh, unfortunately, people marry somebody like that. Sometimes they are, and you've heard the testimonies. Uh, don't act like you, you have heard nothing. You know? And uh, also, you, sometimes you're employed by somebody that's like that. Sometimes employees will say they have them, uh, you know, you might be like that. You know, I hope not. Uh, but if you're an em- employer, employer. But sometimes people are mistreated. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes people are mistreated. And it says here that, verse 19, for this finds favor if for the sake of conscience towards God a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Now we've read that before in, in different messages. And he would say, well, wait a minute. How is this going to find favor? It's going to find favor because it's working a far more way to glory. It's working for you. It's working for you. The verse 20 says, for what credit is there if when you sin, you are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? The word endurance again, with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you find favor with God. Oh. Verse 21. For you have been called for such a purpose. Now, do you 
understand that we have been called to suffer for Christ's sake. When we are mistreated unjustly, it finds favor with God. You are called to suffer for Christ's sake. Why? It's working what for you, isn't it? We also have a forerunner that's going before us. That's why we're keeping our eyes on who? Jesus, because it says, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. So I said, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You see? That's how you're able to endure. Fix your eyes on Jesus. In other words, fix your mind on the things that he went through when he was wrongly treated. Because we cry the blues when we were wrongly treated. Is that correct? And you all don't, huh? It says that who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, while being reviled, he did not revile in return. And, and oh, my goodness gracious, don't we do that? When somebody go off on us, we go right back off on them, don't we? Don't we? If somebody says something... Come on now. I know you, we, saw, we sang a song, holy and holy and holy. But now, I know now you do that. I know you do that when somebody says something to you. can be your mate. When they say something mean to you, say something mean right back to them. I'm in the wrong place. See, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. It says that while suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges rightly. That's what we're going to do. We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. What, what, what do you mean fix your eyes on Jesus? We're going to fix our eyes on what he went through when he was, uh, he was spit on, he was, he was beat, put a crown of thorns head. He, you know, they, they treated him so mean. And he was he was sinless. Didn't do a thing. He was dying for the very same ones who was doing this to him. And here we are. It's hard for us to take anything. Isn't it? It's hard for us to endure anything. We're ready to jump up and leave almost anything. Come on. Marriages, jobs, anything. If it doesn't go our way, we're gone. I'm going to put up with it for, for a little bit. I'm going to give Jesus three days. <laughs> oh, I thought, oh, he's resurrected in three days. So if I'm going to give him three days, if it doesn't happen in three days, I'm history. I'm going from here. You know what we say? God called us away from this job. And when you think about it, God was calling you to suffer. But see, you don't, we don't, we don't put it with the scripture, we don't put it with the scripture, see. He was working, he, 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 what God was trying to do is cause this thing to work for you because he knows that he has to bring you to this place in order for you to receive the 
holiness so you, so, so you can be more and more separated, so you can be more and more like him. How are we ever going to say we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, but yet we don't go through anything? We won't go through anything. Come on. The only way God's going to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ is to take you through some things. That's the only way. I got one. Praise God. So we said that we need to imitate the faith of those who were around us, gone before us. We need to see our future that's better than our present is in order to endure. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's go back to chapter 12 of Hebrews. And we also, it says, need to know that he is the author and finisher of our faith. We can endure by knowing that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is. He is. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. And perfecter means finisher. The author is the beginner. He, he is the beginning. He's the originator of our faith. He's the uh, consummation. He's the uh, completion of our faith also. In other words, he's the alpha and he's the omega. Matter of fact, he's the, in the middle too. He's the sustainer of our faith. He is. Whoa, that's okay. This is good. This is good. If I know that, if I know that, then I say, okay, hmm, that's telling me something, Lord. You're telling me that he's going to perfect it. He's going to finish it off. He's going to be the accomplisher of our faith. That means that I need to go through some things because he's trying to accomplish something in my faith. And we said faith now is trusting God. That's all. Trusting God. That's all it is. Trusting God. So he's trying to Bring us to completion in trusting God. That's what he's trying to do because most of us don't trust God the way we should in every area of our life. We don't do it. So we have one is that we are supposed to know that we can endure by one. Tell me. Okay, imitate the faith of those who have gone before us or those who are around us. Two. Know that our future is better than our present. Number three, fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're going to do it by fixing our eyes on Jesus. Number four, by knowing that he's the author and finisher of our faith. Number five, look at verse three. We can endure by considering him. Considering him. It's right there in your scripture. Verse 3. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners 
against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We have to consider him. Now you say, well, that's the same as uh, fixing our eyes on him. You're right, it's about the same thing. You say, well, why, did he, why are you telling us that again? Because he told us that. Obviously, if, 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 if the Holy Spirit and the Father, the Son, is inspiring this word, obviously we need to hear it again, don't we? But in a different way. We need to consider him. Because if we don't consider him, if we don't, now this, this consider, we fixing our minds on it, is, is fixing our mind on him and fixing our eyes on Jesus. But this consider, it means that we're going to think about him, uh, uh, the, 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 we got we to gotta think distinctly, accurately, over and over again, Jesus. Jesus has gone through some things because if we don't keep it in our minds, if we don't think about it, you know, the scripture tells us if I went to another place like uh, Philippians, uh, probably about four, nine on down, it would probably tell us that. Think on those things that are true, that are honest, that are good report of heaven and virtue, heaven and praise. Think on those things. God wants us thinking on something, doesn't he? And when, we, when we're going through some things, some of you might not be going through anything right now. Bless your hearts. You, know? you might not be going through anything, but I am. You know? And I'm sure some of you are. I know this message somebody. I know it's for somebody. I know it's for somebody. And, and so, therefore, God says that I, I, I got to have you, you know, just considering this thing over and over again because it's going to help you endure. I don't want you, it says, to grow weary. I don't want you to lose heart. That's what he's saying here. Verse 4. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to your sons. My sons do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those who the Lord loves, he disciplines. Does he discipline us? And he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. Ah, oh, oh, wow. Discipline? It's for discipline that I endure. It's for discipline you endure. God deals with you as sons and daughters. For what son is there whom the father is not disciplined? What child is it? Tell me. Tell me, please. What child is it that don't need discipline? I know you said, my son, my daughter don't need discipline. Oh, rare. One in the world. Everybody needs discipline, don't we? Because discipline is not necessarily punishment, is it? Discipline is what you get when you go to the army, right? Come on, all the people who, who've been to the army. You, you've been there, have you? Wanna, you know, y'all, y'all been to the army, haven't you? Marine, right? You've been there, you know? Yeah. Come on, have you, have you been there? Yeah. Eric, has been there. Been there. We got people that have been to the army, been to the Navy, been to the Marines. You know? Discipline, they discipline you, don't they? Get up. Man, it's 5 o'clock in the morning, you know. They're going to discipline you. Take the rifle apart. I just took it apart yesterday, you know. They're going to discipline you. You're going to know that rifle inside out because you're going to need to know that. They're going to discipline you. And those who play sports, come on. Anybody play sports? How about 
Ice hockey, right? Right? You play ice hockey, man? You play ice hockey? Discipline. You got to go through discipline, don't you? Soccer. Got to go through dis- discipline. They're going to discipline you. What son is it that he doesn't discipline? God going to discipline us. So therefore, it said, but if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father, spirits, and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplined us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. Holiness. We need to endure. We need these situations that God is bringing us through because it says that <laughs> we need to share his holiness. Oh, you mean that's going to help me? It's going to help you. It's working in you. It's working for you. So I said, okay, God, you, you're helping me here. You're helping me to endure this thing because I'm thinking that, man, you know, why me, God? You know, and I know you're thinking sometimes, why you? Why are you going to... It's going to help us. It's going to help us. He's disciplined us. Matter of fact, he doesn't allow you to be tempted above what you're able, does he? But we'll, with the temptation, make a way for you to escape that you may be able to bear up under, you know, endure it, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's taken us from faith to faith. He's taken us. He's trying to help us to trust him. Because every situation he, he brings our way, when you are a child, when you, when you are young, um, he, he brings you through little stuff. When you, when you get first born again, you don't care if you're born again when you're 50. It doesn't matter. Um, he's going to take you through little stuff, then bigger stuff, then bigger stuff, isn't he? Come on. Then bigger stuff. He's going to take you through things. He, he knows that you can take it. He knows it's going to help you. He knows it's working for you. But he's trying to help you because he has something for you. The greater stuff you go through, not now things that you cause, you know, because I don't want you going and leave here. I better cause some stuff to happen in my life. Let me go out and steal something. No, don't cause anything. Please don't cause anything. <laughs> Enough stuff going to come your way, you know. And so, so but he, he's, bringing, he's allowing these things because he has a, a lot for you. Paul, the Apostle Paul, went through a lot. Oh, how, how much glory did he get? Think about it now. Most of the New Testament, who wrote it? Right? Jesus went through more than anybody, didn't he? How much glory did he get? Oh, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's the head of all, isn't he? All on, all glory goes to him. Right? And you say, well, ha-ha, I'm not going through much anything. Huh? okay. Maybe you're the one that, I'm not going to say that. Because all of you, everybody, everyone, God is called to do something, right? I'll put it that way. So the more you go through, the more God has called you to do something greater for him. Really, I'm serious. Those things that you didn't cause, those things that, not your fault. And some things even that, that you cause, you pray, ask for forgiveness, and you're right back in right standing with him. He's going to bring you through those too. He'll bring you through those. 
Just don't do the same thing again. Right? Yeah. Enduring. One, we said that you're going to imitate others. The faith of others. Number two, we know our future is better than our present. Number three, we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. Four, he's the author and finisher of our faith. Five, we're going to consider him. I got about one minute. Let me, let me, uh, let me hit, hit this one. You're going to jump up and sit down. I know you're going to jump up. I know you're going to jump up. <laughs> let me give you six. I have seven. Well, I'm going to give you six. I could stop, but I got to give you this one. Turn to Hebrews 13. This one is so good. I mean, it's good, good, good. In, in this one, what, what God is saying, and what you need to know, and when I saw this, I said, Woo! My goodness gracious, yes! See, because we've been talking about pleasing him, right? Jesus always pleased him. Always did those things that pleased the Father. He always did those things. And therefore, we know that he walked in faith. Father, I need more faith. That's what we're, you know, we're doing. Father, I need more faith. I need more faith. I need to trust you more. I need to trust you more. I need to please you more. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Okay. Now the God of peace, he, he, he's given a benediction here. He's gone through all of the, 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 the epistle to the Hebrews. He's gone through all of 13, giving them all these things that they're supposed to do, walk in love, you know, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, remember the prisoners, those you want, marriage to be, be upheld by all men, honored by all men. He says that, Now the God of peace who brought up, up the, from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. Now, now the God of peace. Okay. Let's go right down to 21. Now the God of peace equip you in every good thing to do his will. Working, this is, this is number six, working in you, come on now, read it now, that which is pleasing in his sight. God is going to work in you what's pleasing in his sight. Okay? So I want to be like Jesus. Jesus always did that with please the Father. I want to do that. So I said, God, I have a lot to be, I have a long ways to go. He said, I'm going to work in you that which is pleasing in my sight. I said, God, it's you from the beginning. It's you sustain this thing. It's you going to consummate this thing. It's you, God. It's all of you. And Yes, I have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I have to move and flow by the Spirit. I got to walk by the Spirit I got to, and not by the flesh. But you said that you're going to work it in me. You're going to work it in me. I said, God. And he says, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Didn't he? So be it. Didn't he? I said, Woo! 
I said, I can close my Bible. I said, God, I can be excited because here I am wanting more faith. Here I am wanting to please you more. And I'm wondering, what do I have to do, God? What do I have to do to please you more? I know I, I be, need to be obedient to everything in the scripture, but you're saying, oh, God, you're saying, I'm going to work it in you. 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 I said, okay, okay, okay. Since y'all didn't jump up, stand up. <laughs> Went through six things today. Uh, how we can endure. How we can endure. Because we do want to know that it pleases God to endure. He doesn't want us to shrink back. He wants us to endure because Jesus endured. He, 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 he wants us to never give up. Right? Never surrender. Stay steadfast, immovable, pressing towards him. Regardless of your situation, regardless of it, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, Regardless, he says that it's going to be all right. Father, we thank you. Bow your heads in prayer, please. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. It's so good, Lord, to know that you're in control, that you're leading and guiding in everything. It's so good to know that our lives are in your hands. Our circumstances are in your hands. Nothing that we are going through escapes your notice. And you are using those things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're using those things to, to work for us. To work for us. I'm so happy to know that the apostle... Paul endured all these things and he made it through. It's good to know that our Lord and Savior Jesus endured all these things that we couldn't possibly endure, but he did so that we didn't have to do that. We can fix our eyes on him. We haven't resisted to blood. We haven't done that yet. So we can be encouraged with the message today that we can endure. We don't have to get depressed. We don't have to be crying ourselves asleep about our situation. We don't have to be wondering, like Job, why me? We don't have to be wondering that. We can know the ending of Job. We can know that you're in control. You are the creator. You are the alpha. You are the omega. <laughs> and everything in between. If there's anyone here that you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, now is the day. You cannot endure without the hope of eternal life. That means the joyful expectation of eternal life. You can't, you can't make it. If you have walked away from the Lord and you said, now's the time to come back. Today is the day to rededicate your life.
If that's you, then you need to come up and get prayed for. Let's have the prayer team come forward. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody say amen.